Hey, that's nice. Here we go. Hey, girl. You just tuned into the Britney Smith podcast. You're tuned in because either you're an entrepreneur, a mama, or both. And sometimes you just need a minute to, well, just be. And on this show, you'll get a lovely mixture of business and branding genius, faith and motivation. And if you're a mama, you understand conversations. Because let's be honest, we are fabulously multifaceted and amazing. So thanks for popping by. I'm really glad you're here. Girl, let's get into it here on the Britney Smith Podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to the Brittany Smith Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany N. Smith, and I am excited for today's episode. We are talking about knowing your worth and how to set your prices. I was just telling my lovely guest that this is something that we can't talk about enough. Um, you know, every time you go to another level in your business and you're trying to go to another place and you're trying to charge more, but you're not sure, there's always this weird thing that we go through, right? Um, and so we're going to have that conversation today. I want to welcome to the show, Angelica Prather. She's all the way from Georgia. She's down the East Coast. Angelica, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Miss Brittany. I'm really excited to be here. And it's an honor and a privilege to talk to your community. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so first and foremost, tell us in your own words who you are, what you do, and why this is something that you are qualified to talk to us about today. Well, uh, like you said, I'm Angelica Prather, but who I am, I am actually a licensed cosmetologist turned income strategist business coach. Um, I've been a licensed stylist for 20 years and um, I started making six figures at the age of 19, 19 or 20 oh, hey. and did it consistently. Um, and I knew that there were certain things that was like missing just from business alone. Um, but before many of those things, I'm a mama of two. I'm a proud wife. I say that yeah. I work with my husband <laughs> and I am an award-winning business coach. Uh, so I think I'm qualified because I've walked in the shoes of many women CEOs, right? Um, I don't want to give you any fluff, but I went through some hard pains and I can teach you the blueprint of what not to do, right? And that's what we need, what not to do. Yes. And I have the privilege of serving uh, service providers and beautypreneurs through my signature program, Charger Worth Academy, which is all virtual based. And we teach financial literacy, income literacy, how to charge accurately, how to diversify your income so that mm -hmm. you're not always using your physical body to make money, but you can use the one gift that God has given you. And that's your brain that is everlasting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, Listen, so. I'm here for all of it. Ladies, make sure you take out your Britney Smith podcast notebooks right now um, because I can already feel it. Angelica is about to drop some nuggets and I feel like she's going to be one of those people that just talk and then you're like, oh, wait, oh, oh, you just <laughs> try to catch it, catch it as it comes. Um, so I'm super, super excited to get into this. So talk to us a little bit about like where you started. You mentioned um, hitting your first six figures around 19, like what did, what led to that? What was that like? Tell us about that part of your journey. Um, so I started doing hair just because, uh, just to be, I'll be clear. My mom passed away when I was 10. I used to tell people that uh, I wanted to be a doctor, like, and my grandmother, who was raising me at the, t you know, as an adolescent, was like, "Stop lying to people. Just say whatever God oh. wants me to be." 
I'm a very <laughs> honest grandmother. Um, and so I started doing hair really young and I enjoyed it, right? And so my grandma said, well, if you have a gift and a talent, you'll never go broke a day in your life. And so mm. I started charging in high school for it and um, making good money, right? But not six figures yet. So as an intern, um, being in cosmetology school in high school, I started working in a Madame Lee Caucasian salon. She started seeing how much money I was making and how much money I was blowing. And so she said, mm. if you want to be successful in this business, I'm going to teach you how to actually create wealth as a hairstylist. Wow. Um, I graduated at 17, got promoted on the floor because in New York, you cannot just go in with your license and say, I got a license, I'm gonna start working, right? <laughs> They're like, no, get to the back of the line. <laughs> so I had to prove myself, right? And I had to learn, I had to mess up some hair, I had to do a lot of uh, other things, right? Learn from the front house to the back of the house, how to run the business. And I remember that day, it was like, I was 19, she started showing me how to operate my money, how to move my money, how to tell my money what to do instead of it being mm -hmm. the other way around. I followed her blueprint and I looked up, I was 19 and I had made my first six figures. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. First of all. Yeah. So like before, before I asked the question I was going to ask, tell me about the moment when you looked up and saw that you had hit six figures. Like, what was that like for you? So I'm going to be like, I remember saying I didn't work that hard. Like <laughs> I remember saying I only worked like three or four days. Like, like, I couldn't believe that what I was seeing in my bank account and my savings bank account, right? That I was like, I'm only 19 and this is what's sitting in my account. I was shocked because I don't come from a long line of actually having. People can make six figures, but that doesn't mean it shows up in their bank account. That's right, right. So there's a big difference. Right. So to see that and when it's time to do taxes, I was just like, this girl from Brooklyn, New York, this little black Charlie girl, you know, my story just didn't align. And so quickly with the six figures, so right. I always thought six figures at that time was like, you know, this successful, like that, like just a certain yeah. vision. Yeah. But once yeah. I did it, I was like, it looks like me. It looks like right. me. it could be me. But I was still so young. There were so many other areas. But the feeling was like, it was like a, a check mark of like, I'm confident enough that I can do this. How do I do this repeatedly? So I was excited, right. but I also had a limit of fear because I also had a scarcity mindset around right. money. So right. I wanted to hold on to it and not even spend a dollar of it. Cause I'm like, oh, I made it. So I had yeah. mixed emotions, right? So yeah. And then it was fearful, right? And right. so I think when you leave with the scarcity mindset, you end up losing it anyway. So that's what happened. Yeah. I lost yeah. it. Wow. <laughs> so I no, was making it. I was making it yearly. I don't want to clarify. I was making it yearly, but it wasn't showing up in my bank account the way that first initial six figures was showing up in my bank account. Got you. And thank you for making that clear. Um, and also, I want to thank you to whoever that lady was that saw you and said, you know what, I'm going to help her. Um, you know, shout out to all of the mentors out there, all of those who are willing to extend themselves to someone who's coming up as opposed to seeing them as a threat, but really helping them to also build wealth in their own way. Um, that's not something that you see often um in that way so i'm grateful to her for you <laughs> for, yes. for this conversation right we're still, we're still really friends she was my first boss ever and we're still close to this day yeah that's awesome that's so awesome um and so you talk about the scarcity mindset right in order for you to be successful in the way that you are today like you had to break that scarcity mindset then so talk to us a little bit about what the scarcity mindset is and how you took steps to really destroy that in your life 
Okay, so I have to backpedal because I didn't, at that time, I didn't have the language what scarcity was. Sure, I just had sure. this fear, right? It's like, I'm going to lose it, right? So mm -hmm. what do most people do when they have money, right? They literally just like, oh, now I got money. You get over the fear of losing it and you start spending, right? And so you start trying to look like success or mm. be success and move like success and whatever that definition of, of a 19-year-old, what success for, for me was at that time. And I'll be honest, I was going to buy $900 boots. I was going to vacation. I was just doing all of the living. You were living life. your best life. Living my best <laughs> life. But there was a, another side of me of being responsible. So my bills were always yeah. paid. And I thought that if my bills were paid, I was good. I had enough to to live, right? So right. living. But I wasn't really preparing for the future, right? right? So I did have a retirement and stuff like that, but I wasn't aggressively retired. I wasn't thinking that way. Sure. So some of the things that I realized is okay, so my first goal was six figures, made it, right? And so you keep doing that over and over. I remember I met a client at the time and she was like, oh, you do really good for yourself. I want to introduce you to my tax accountant because you don't really have someone to really help you. It was doing the whole what everybody else was doing, H&R Block and all that other stuff. Right. And so she talked to me about having a power player. She was like, listen, if you want to be a power player, like I was I was surrounded by people that were wealthy but they obviously either seen something to me. I, I wasn't afraid to ask questions. So mm -hmm. I'm telling this part of the story so people can understand that you might not even know you're in scarcity, right? You don't even know that that's your mindset. You're just, you, you're making money, but it's not reflecting. So you're just, right. like, I'm good, right? So I had no clue I was in the scarcity mindset. I was just kind of operating, but I was never afraid to ask questions. Mm -hmm. So I utilized my clients who were way older than me to ask questions because they had a blueprint that I didn't have that I didn't even cross that road, right? So we right. didn't have these conversations. So I say that don't be afraid to ask questions. Well, anyway, she set me up with this accountant and he was this great Jewish guy, older guy. And he says to me, you want to build wealth or you want to be rich? And so mm -hmm. I was like, what's the what's a good answer? You know, you put your little game face and let me yeah. let me answer this question real good so he can say right. it. Right. Um, and so I was like, um, I'm not sure I would love to be wealthy. Right. And so he asked me a series of questions of what does wealth mean to me? Right. And I had all of the cliche answers, you know, oh, I get to travel the world the way I want to. I get to do all this stuff. And he was like, I'm going to stop you right there. I want to help you because you have no idea what wealth is. Right. And so I'm thinking he's going to give me the, the playbook. Right. He said, I'm going to put you on a plan. If you follow it, you'll be my client for life. If you don't follow it, you're fired. I will never help you a day in my life. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So he gives me this plan. He's like, this is going to be your greatest year. Let me show you how it's done. Just as from a question. Sometimes the relationships, I tell this all the time to any CEO or any womanpreneur that's in the grind and struggling. So I'm going to get there. But um, your community is so vital because this just took one question and then she pointed me in the right direction. So right. I didn't always have like my mentor over my hand, right? I was making tons of mistakes. So anyway, he said, I'm putting you on this plan. If the plan works out, then we'll reconvene next year. I made the most money I'd ever made in my life. Um, when I came back to the table, I had made $247,000 that year. And I was under the age of 20, I think it was 22. It's written in my journal somewhere because I keep this stuff. Yeah. Um. So I go to do my taxes that year. I was super excited. I was like, but I did work hard for that. Like I, I was working like a dog and I knew I didn't like that feeling. But when you're young, right. you don't care. Yeah. So I was either 22 or 23. I think it was 23 years old. And um, of course, my lifestyle wasn't re reflecting that I was making that. I was shocked that I made that because I was like, oh, I thought I just made six figures. I was used to it. I looked down and it's like 247,000. That's a lot of money for this 22, 23 year old. Yeah. Guess how much I had in my savings account though? 
Take a wild guess. Uh, nothing. Any number. Any number. <laughs> well, I was gonna say <laughs> I had forty-seven dollars in my bank account. Mm. And so when you when you look at that, and that was in my savings, not even yeah. checking. I had a little coin in my savings, but I was shocked that I just yeah. blew. Yeah, through a yeah. successful year. Yeah. So I go into my taxes, and he says to me, um, "So I'm firing you." Never going to help you because <laughs> those are the greatest teachers, right? You thought I was joking. And he said, in life, we get opportunities and we can either waste it or we can take it and make something out of it. So you mm. wasted it. And so if you're really on this pursuit, oh, t talk about a beat down girl. I was yeah. doing the ugly cry. Okay. I can imagine. Oh, so he did my taxes um, and, and I, I owed money. And I didn't have money to pay for the taxes. I was like scared crapless. And I just remember getting in my car and sobbing so bad. Like it was just like, it just hit really, really hard. But he gave me a yeah. good lesson. And he definitely said to me, he's like, you will be successful. Like I can guarantee you're gonna be successful, but you have to redefine what success looks like. Yeah. You have to change your community and you need to change your location. And that was the first He was first preaching. Oh, yeah. And he was like, I only follow the word of God. Right. He's like, that is the greatest entrepreneur. Like, look at yeah. Jesus and the 12 disciples. And why do we know his name? Right. And I was like, yo, he had the best marketing. Ooh, yeah, for real. For real. <laughs> right? And so I cried, cried, cried. I went back to work. I was just like, you know, at that soul searching. I was becoming a real adult because I was like close to 25. Yeah. Stuff. And I was like, listen, my mother's gone. My father's gone. I have my grandmother who's older and I have two younger brothers. And I, there's a lot of people that invested in me. I owe it to the legacy of my mother to carry on the torch, whatever that torch mm -hmm. is. Yeah. So I had that hard conversation with myself and I made a big jump at the age of 24. I picked up my stuff, left all of my clients behind and moved to California and started over with $10,000 from that conversation. Callie. Yes, from $47 in four months, saved $10,000 and I left it all. It was just me, wow. my car, and I moved in with my aunt who had five children. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, and, and that the conversation, it was like, sometimes that can look like going backwards, but that was a senior oh, for me. Yeah. My aunt had had a wonderful life. You know, she lived in California. My her and her husband were extremely successful. I went to go visit her my first time ever to California. And I remember getting off the plane and hearing you could live here mm. without even without yeah. even us having a conversation. At the end of my trip, they offered for me to come there. And I was like, okay, that's sign number two. Yeah. And sign number three was that the, the accountant had he was like, you got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. And so wow. um, fast forward, Within one year of putting my head down in the sand, my aunt and uncle providing shelter for me. Like I was very blessed. I'm not saying everybody has this opportunity. Yeah. I, I recognize how my opportunities of mistakes, God was always yeah. taking care of me on the other side. And within one year, I had a salon location. I had a full clientele. Shut and up. And I was at six figures already. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Well, that, listen, the tax man was on point when he said, you definitely, you definitely can do this, um, but it's up to you on how you do it, right? Um, and so with that, can you give us the difference between what you, what success meant to you at 23 versus what it, what success means to you right now? 
So at 23, success to me was what culture said success was. And right. culture was telling you have a big house, have, um, you know, look a certain way. We all start looking the same exact way in like dress nice or yeah. and there's nothing wrong with dressing nice. I like to show up and show out too, but I still can show up with a hoodie on and still bring it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but at that time, success was cars. Success was really materialistic things. Right. It had nothing to do with legacy. It really right. had nothing to do with, um, it just looked like it, right? People, if people knew me in New York, they always said, oh my God, she does the welfare stuff. But then what yeah. they didn't know is that I struggled with people pleasing and I struggled with like uh, this hustle culture, right? Like I got, the more I work, the more I make. And that just, that to me was success. Yeah. When I moved to California and I got introduced to a different lifestyle, like people were not hustling there. They are in the blue breeze. They just be like, yes, I'm going to yeah. the beach. I hear that. Right? <laughs> and it's just such a cool, mellow lifestyle. And because weather and getting that sunlight everybody's freaking happy over there so yeah. that's just like the happy place and i lived in san diego not la so it definitely is a different vibe too sure. but i also lived in a community that was wine country and it was very mm -hmm. like a new and up-and-coming area so it was easy for us to go to the wineries after we got off of work which was like i was getting off of work at four o'clock i was starting work at nine and then i got four I was yeah. only working three days a week because I was following what the culture was in California. So in New York, it was like six days a week is normal, yeah. right? And then California was like three days and they're like, are you going to the beach? Like your client's inviting you to the beach. And I was like, going <laughs> to the wineries? And I was like, wait, this is different. Yeah. Listen, I'm um, like, maybe I need to move. <laughs> Listen, I love it there. Um, but now, and what success means to me is peace. Mm -hmm. Right. Anything that's going to disturb my peace. I do not want to attach a dollar sign to anything that's going to rob me of my peace. Not hard work, but peace. Right. right? So my peace of mind is definitely more successful. Um, the legacy of spending time with my children. Time is success to me. Ooh, Having time freedom. Girl. <laughs> you're talking freedom. good is my yeah. true success. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times we listen to the hustle of like, if I'm not grinding, I'm not grinding. I'm not losing sleep for, for the lack of the sake of it. And I'm not losing sleep because I was a procrastinator, right? So people lose sleep because they're a procrastinator, right? They wait to the last minute to do the job or to do the, the job of excellence, right? So, <laughs> so if you're doing that, right, then you're going to lose sleep. But I'm saying the lack of sleep just because, because someone is attaching a $10,000 investment to my name and I think that, no, I'm going to sleep. No, come yeah. with me with, yeah. come with me yeah. something that's going to be worth me getting out of bed. Um, so that's what success means for me today. And I'm 30, how old am I? 36. Um, and I'm sure it might change at 46, but I'm on a quest of, of utilizing my time so wisely that my conversations are impactful, that I'm not yes. the smartest person in the room, that I can still learn, that I can collaborate with people to help me grow and them grow. Yes. So it's an equal yes. value exchange is what success yes. looks like for me today. And yes. um, that doesn't mean it comes easy. It just took some work to get here. So right. I think that success is ever evolving as you evolve. Absolutely. A firm believer that, um, your level of success is directly correlated to who you are. So I have this statement that I would say, you're the CEO of your life first, and then you're the CEO of your business second. And right. so you can't be a great CEO if you don't take care of yourself, right? right? And so when I was 20 something, it was all about the cars and the vacation 
vacations and what I right. like and all that stuff. And so, but I wasn't taking care of myself. And that's why I showed up in my bank account, right? That I had no savings. Now yeah. today that I'm very strategic, I play chess moves with my money. I play chess moves with my time. I play chess moves with my relationships. I'm not playing checkers and I'm just moving frontward, backward, sidewards. I'm not doing yeah. that stuff. So chess is a little bit more of a strategic game. Yeah, right? yeah. And you have to think about your moves. So oh, I would yes. say you as a CEO need to think about the moves you're going to make before you just make and write it down and make the vision. Make it plain. And make it plain. Yes, ma'am. That is so good. I'm over here like, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 so good. And I wonder if it is just, if it's a matter of like, when you get to those intersections of life and you start to reflect, right? And it's like, the things that I used to, to love or the things that used to drive me and, and make me go aren't the same things anymore. You know, uh, I have two kids as well. And being a parent, has shifted all of that for me. You know, it's like success is waking up and being with my children and putting them on the bus or, you know, taking them to daycare, but being home when they get home and like, you know, being there for bath time and being able to move calls around if I need to, because I'm home with a teething baby today, you know, like yeah. that is, that is success for me as well. And I even like what you said about the even time exchange or the even value exchange, you know, like, I don't want to talk to people just for the sake of talking or hang out with people just for the sake of being around another body. But like, if we're going to go get our nails done, maybe we can talk about stocks and bonds while we get our nails done, you know, like just another level of conversation or even people that appreciate that peaceful time the same way you appreciate it because they too are wife and a mom and a minister and a, and all these different things, yeah. you know? So I, I love that it's, it's an elevation to your circle that is required for me. Like, so for me, it is success is the relationships that I have, not so much the money in my account, but I want to be present and enjoy the presence that I'm in, you know, at the Absolutely. same time. So I love all of that that you just said. I'm like, well, Lord, we need to hang out after this. Like, I don't know. <laughs> we sure can. I love yes. the beauty of uh, connecting with other people, getting the opportunity to speak is you kind of get to know them and know their yes. stories. So I love that. Yes. Um, so thank you so much. I appreciate yes, that. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so from, from here, um, let's pivot really quickly to... Um, because I mean, and, and this is a good segue, right? Because as you have redefined success for yourself, you have you also had to redefine your value and your worth. Mm -hmm. So take us on the journey from like your pricing journey, right? Like as you connected your value, your personal value with the work that you did, like, and this is always funny, but tell us like how much you charged for a doobie, like your first day. And then like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Ooh. I want to know like the... <laughs> Yeah. So, so, uh, this is funny. And I love this question because when I, I look at it, I'm like, yo, that chick was not there. Right. <laughs> so yes. I remember when I first started, I actually started as a braider, right? Just okay. Doing, like my cousin's hair and stuff like that. I used to charge $65 for micro. Shut right? up. Shut $65. up, Angelica. <laughs> For eight hours of work, eight hours Ooh, of work. Oh, Jesus. Down. Um, and then <laughs> I have a good friend. Some people might know if you love R&B, R&B soul. Um, Chrisette Michelle was one of my first. Awesome. Clients. She's one of my 
favorites. That's awesome. And, <laughs> yeah. And we grew up together. So we was going to church. And I remember one time I did her hair. She actually asked me to do her hair after she got signed. And it was for, I think it was one of the tours that she was doing with Jay-Z. And it was really late. I had worked a long day. And um, she asked me to come and like retouch her front braid. So I actually was done her hair. I was leaving the W Hotel. I'm telling the story for a reason. So you can sure, sure. to wear. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then um, I was done her hair. She had paid me and everything like that. And then I was leaving the hotel and Quest Love of the Roots comes. And he, was like, just, <laughs> he was like, please, please, if you could just do six braids. And I was like, no, I'm going home. Right. And that's the moment when I knew my worth. I'm like, no, nah, I'm going home. And he was like, listen, I'll pay you 200. I was like, I'm not staying for no 200. I'll do that with my eyes closed. Like, not yeah, either, right. And this was while I was in New York. So I still was that young girl, right? Yeah, and, yeah. But then I, he was like, name your price. And I was like, $900. He was like, okay, fine. Shut up in like, here. <laughs> five braids? I was like, I got you. Go to his hotel. He pays me. And like, yo, you a G. He was yeah. like, quick, because you was done in 20 minutes. And I was like, it was an honor. And he was like, and you weren't. You know who I am. I was like, I definitely know who you are, but I know yeah. who I am too. Yeah, right? yeah, that's <laughs> and, powerful. Um, yeah, so that was like the first kind of like moment where I was like, no, I'm not. You're not throwing two hundred dollars at me. Like that's chump change. Like you know, that was the that was the New York you coming out. That was like, hold yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then it still was a fearful like i knew that he was a celebrity and i knew that he had it right and so of course when you go to your traditional clients behind the chair you're never going to like overcharge them right right or, or, or right. feel like you're robbing them right then i moved to california and my price there was completely different and before i got married and had children um my price at the time for I had a very mixed clientele, so I didn't just do black hair. I, did, I was a colorist, so yeah. I ended up doing a lot of color, a lot of hair extensions, and I at the time for like a silk press, I was at ninety five when I first went. Right, so that was okay. two thousand and eleven. By the wow. time I retired from doing hair, I was at two fifty for silk press. Oh. Um, hmm. and so I say those numbers numbers clearly so that people can understand the dynamics but yeah I, yeah i, I want to walk you through the 250. yeah the, the 95 was not calculated on any data the 95 was just a number thrown out there sure right and that's yeah. what most ceos are doing they look at the competitors they treat it like real estate and they're like oh let me look what the girl's charging down or what's the going rate that was my entry to the marketplace because I wanted to see, you know, I was building, right? And yeah. so that's the biggest mistake most of us do. We just take anything instead of spending time on the articulation of what we're providing and the value that we throw a number out and it's backed up by no data. Right. The 250 was backed up by data from the what I teach in Charger Worth Academy. I teach this pricing, our Charger Worth pricing formula. And it consists of your business expenses plus your personal expenses plus your taxes plus your profit equals your service fee so that's where the 250 comes from data right yeah. you can't just pull a price out of the clearable sky and not be able to cover all of my expenses not be able to pay myself not be able to cover my taxes and everything else if you're a ceo in a business you deserve it is required for you to take a paycheck period Right. Yes, so if you are charging whatever you want to charge and it's not backed up by data, nine times out of 10, you're not making the money you desire you, or yeah. you need to survive. Yeah. So, yeah. 
those were the hair hairstylist prices. And then when you pivot into coaching and consulting and doing all that stuff, the pricing is 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 different, right? Because I believe that I have a premium product. It is an academy. Yes. It is something that you're investing in. And I always say education is the best ROI because you pay one time, but you keep that information forever. Right. So I tell right. you all of those stories about the guy that fired me, my accountant and all the other beautiful stuff, snotting and crying. That was the greatest education I ever. So that $247,000 was the lesson to yeah. get me to make money with my eyes closed or make yeah. or, or build a revenue streams up, right? Because I had to, in this day and age, I always tell people, if you have one stream of income, you might as well just go jump off a bridge <laughs> because <laughs> you set yourself up for failure. Okay. If the pandemic yeah. can teach us anything. That's what Ooh. it is. I do teach three to the power of one that a minimum, every, every business owner should be looking at three streams of income in whatever capacity. And so right. that's what I end up doing as I look at the income gaps. Are you leaving money on the table? Let's look at your money on the table. But your right. worth, the worth and the value of what you're providing has nothing to do with a dollar sign. But I wouldn't be able to charge what I charge at 250 because I wasn't that chick, right? I wasn't that chick at $95. Right. I had to work to actually know that I was worthy of making it, but I also had to back it up with data. And so right. I needed to, uh, to be able to articulate the value and articulate the value so well that I was attracting those clients. As well. And I was going to ask a question on that. Um, what do you say to the person who knows that they need to increase their prices, but they are afraid to increase their prices? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, all right, all right, right, do it. You know, um, and, no, and explain, explain, you know, the difference between or, or how it works in terms of your price will attract a certain kind of client. Even though that sounds like, you know, to some person, it sounds like what? Like if the lower I charge, I should get everybody. No. Explain how that works. So on the other side of fear is the reality that you want to live. Right. And so most of the times we're just afraid. But fear is a four letter word. It's nothing real. We just have to bust through it. Right. And most of the time the fear comes from not you don't want to be combative with another person, right? You feel like you don't want to have that awkward conversation. So most people are not comfortable with that awkward conversation. Right. Let me just free you up here right now for those who feel like they don't want to have that conversation. The moment someone says, oh, your prices are too high, simply just say, this is my favorite script. I understand I do not fit in your financial budget. Would you like me to refer you to someone who fits in your financial budget? Bam. <laughs> okay. Period. Period. <laughs> <laughs> because you are running a business, right? And so you have to understand that every dollar is not a good dollar. And it's not for you to make someone understand your value. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to convince anybody to be in your business. So I always say this, if you serve an abundant God, you can't have a penny pension mentality. <laughs> so... With that being said, you got to release it. And the moment I found that script that made me feel comfortable, it was yeah. it released me of the fear. It took that fake responsibility of like, what excuse could I go to, right? Because we all want to go to this, well, you know, inflation and we want to go to these excuses, but it, there is no excuse. It is simply that the person does not feel comfortable making that investment. So let me help you make an investment where it can fit in your financial place. Right. right. So th that's part one of it. The second part is when you are at that place of fear of raising your prices and you know you should be ready to increase it or you are increasing it. 
Um, nine times out of 10, when you increase it and you, there's a certain type of buyer that attracts those people. So let's think about um, pay less shoes and let's look, think about bird off Goodman, right? They both sell shoes. They're both into the, they, they have a shoe department, but the people are completely different that go into pay less and that go into bird of Goodman. The experience, the value, the smell, the aroma, all of those different things that we want to call branding, that is the umbrella of setting a value. When I go into Payless, I might not get any much assistance besides checking out. They have right. shoes, how it's laid out. It's completely different. Same model, right? But when I go into the Bird of Goodman, my expectations as a buyer or consumer is completely different. I'm looking for that customer service. I'm looking for that extra oomph, right? Uh, like a secret shopper that's gonna go out their way. I'm looking for a private room. I'm looking for tea. I'm looking yeah. for all of those different things. So I always tell people when you're ready to raise your price, it can't just be from an arrogant place. First of all, it has to be backed up by data. Secondly, you have to increase the premium product that you are putting out. So. For me, that $250 haircut was not the same as my $95, you know, silk press was completely different. Why? Because I created a whole experience right. for the client. And so a lot of times people just want to raise their price because they're like, I need more money. That cannot be enough because as you are increasing the level of responsibility for those prices, so does the operator have to be at that premium place. So yeah. if you're not at that premium yeah. place and you're just like, I want to make more money, Six-figure earners or seven-figure earners have seven earner responsibility. If you're not really ready for the responsibility, then you need to get out of the game and just stop asking that I want to make more money. Yeah. So a lot of that fear is just that they don't have the guidance on how to actually create a premium product around what they're already doing, right? Because they're yeah. not elevating. So like I said earlier, who, who's the CEO first? You. You got to change you before you can even change the dollar sign. That's, that's, ladies, listen, <laughs> if you don't walk away from this conversation with anything else, that is the key right there, um, you know, and, and because one of the frustrations that I have sometimes in the marketplace is you'll see people charging what we consider premium prices, but their product is like, whatever, but they believe that they are worth those premium prices and they get people to believe in it with them mm -hmm. um, that, they, that they're worth that and people pay them. You know, it is us and us alone that keeps us from making the money that we could be making. And so when, when I first asked the question and you said, just do it, like legit, like charge the price. And to your point, you know, I had a client you know, and, and I think, like I said, every, every level, we kind of go through this every time you want to level up or go higher. So I'm at a place now where like you, I'm like, look, I know you want a website done. I used to charge $350, like $350 for a website. Wow. And yeah, and it's like, what? <laughs> you know, and so now when someone I say, okay, my branding package is $5,000 and they go, oh. But what can I get for fifteen hundred? I'm like, listen, and so, and I was proud of myself for this because, you, like you said, people pleasing was a thing, and and still is a thing at times. And and if we're honest, we can be in the place of I just want to make the money, right? So if I if I can't get five thousand, I'm gonna settle for the fifteen. But I was like, listen, you're gonna pay me fifteen hundred dollars for a piece of what you need, and then you're gonna come back to me thirty days from now 
needing the rest of what was in the package. So you might as well sign on for the $5,000 package today instead of wasting time those 30 days, right? Mm -hmm. And she was like, well, the package does sound good. And so she started to move money around to make it happen. You know what I'm saying? So I had to stand in what I felt I was worth and let her come up. And like you said, if it wasn't meant to be, then it it just wasn't meant to be. And I had to be okay with that because I know what I'm worth. Um, and so it's so mental. It's so mental. And we can talk ourselves out of the blessing. We can talk ourselves out of the vision that we have. Because like, I want to make money in my sleep. You know, I don't want to, you know, like when you said um, you retired from being behind the chair, I appreciated that because I'm like, as a graphic designer, people know me for graphic design. They know me for branding. I don't want to make flyers anymore. I want to, I want to teach. I want to do strategy. Like, and just, I want to get paid to think. And so I am repositioning myself to do that. Um, and I literally, I lied to you not posted today on LinkedIn. We are hiring, looking for an assistant designer. I got like 30 people already that responded. I'm like, what the heck? I should have did this two years ago, <laughs> yeah. you know? But it's it's seeing yourself at that level. It's seeing yourself yeah. in that space. It's seeing yourself worthy of having a whole a whole team of designers. And so, so now, I, yeah, go I ahead. Just say, I'm listening to your story and it is like what you just said. I think that the women need to hear that again because you posted on LinkedIn for a job, yeah. right? Yeah. You're in business to leave a legacy and you are now going to imprint it somewhere. I think people need to hear that delegation Ucha. is where your, where your skill can be. When you move out the way as a CEO and put someone in there that can swim, not a floater, that can swim. They might even be better than you. You have room in your business to now do the things that you're called to do. Yeah. And that's the beautiful part about scaling. So I just had to say that because when I yeah. heard that, I'm like, yes, girl, good for you. <laughs> good for yes, yes ma'am. And you said the D word, delegation all day. Like, and, and, and so the funny thing is when we ask the question of like, what did you think was success then versus now? I always thought about the six-figure woman, the seven-figure woman, she's a wife, she's a mom, she's on it. She always, you know, is looking sharp and she, your pantry's always full and she's always showing up and she's traveling the world. And it's like, I know there's a way to do it. Like I'm her and I know there's a way to do it, but somehow I'm not doing this thing right. <laughs> the answer <laughs> is delegation. Okay. <laughs> she has somebody doing her shopping. She has somebody managing her books. She has maybe a nanny that takes care of the kids while she's like, she has, she got a squad and she yeah. delegates those things, not because she can't do them, but she, she places a value on the things that she excels at. And she does that so that she can make money or do whatever. And she delegates the other things so that there's harmony and she oversees it all. Yeah, and I'm so, like, yo, I need to master this delegation thing. Because, so yeah. you are preaching because let's go to the word of God. Why do we know Jesus name? How many people did he have in place? 12. You don't need a Only, baby. That's it. Only 12, that's right? That's it. And what did he do? He equipped them and left, right? And so there is nothing that we can do. That's our first rule book of how to do business. So if you follow culture, you will follow yourself and be exhausted and tired. Delegation and automation 
is it. Do those things right oh, there. My goodness. You will move out the way. And that's where you really can sort. When I say I retired, I retired because I was like, okay, it's time for me to invest in the things that I know I'm called to do. And I didn't want my time to be stewarded. Now I still do hair. I do have clients that do travel to me and fly to me. And that's I love awesome. them. Um, and so I do that just for those VICs. Um, I borrow that from my student. <laughs> she calls them VIC, very important client. I love and, it. Um, yeah, so I do that. But now the the space that I'm in as we are in that space where we are generating multiple streams of income um, and, and building those legs, those are seeds, right? So that doesn't mean that they're making six figures yet. They're seeds and they're being watered, but they're in their right respected places. And yes. then it can grow into a beautiful tree. And that's what's really going to happen for you because you're going to put a team in place that they can go and soar in their gifts and their callings. And the vision is being clear because they're going to know what your brand is, right? They're going to know because you put good people in place, not perfect people, good people. Right? Listen, that's <laughs> so that. good. That's so good. We, I feel like we, this is, I feel like we're, we're venturing off into a part two to this conversation <laughs> wow. because we just need to, we just need to talk now to the driven woman who has all these dreams and different things and she's the strong one and she's trying to carry everything. And like, sis, you're not going to survive that way. And the thing is, it's not that the dream is not accessible or it's not achievable, but you ain't doing it right. <laughs> you're, not, you're not doing it right. And I love how you define success as time freedom, financial freedom, peace. Like these are things that I'm not, I can't go to the store and get time freedom. Absolutely. You know, it has to be created. So what you said to us is that you create success in your life. It's not, it's not a check mark. It's not, you've achieved it. And now I'm good. Right. Mm -hmm. We have to shift that whole mindset around. Like, I'm just like, man, like this is, this is a book. This is a, a panel discussion. This is a tour. Like this is because, you know, you talked about that hustle mentality. And I think like with the pandemic, like something happened where like we started hustling more and cause you know, I realized, Oh, now I can work from home. And so now we're trying to do the hustle and maintain all the other things that we had going on. And it's like, Oh, timeout. You're going to crash that way. Delegation, mm -hmm. automation, vacation. Okay. Mm -hmm. Add that one, <laughs> all, all of it. it. It's, it's so good. It's so good. So um, I know we got to land the plane here, but um, tell us what you have today that we can maybe take advantage of. Like if you have something like a get on your mailing list or, you know, what do you have going on for us that we can connect with you on? Well, I mean, there's so much you can connect me on, um, but one particular thing that I do offer is I do offer an income strategy call to see where the gaps are in your business. Where's that income that you just leaving on the table? Where can you automate, right? What part of your business that you can automate so you can move out of your business a little bit and actually work on the business, not in the business, right? And so um, you can just go to AngelicaPrather.com. Um, I also do, it says salon financial audit, but it's not just for hairstylists, it's for service providers. So anybody who's in the service providing kind of space, um, we would do a financial audit. Um, both sessions are, are um, investments there, but um, I think those will 
absolutely help anybody. I mean, it was where I started, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then I also um, host a podcast called Sature's Blueprints. So you guys can come over there on YouTube as a video podcast. You can come over awesome. here and hang out with me online and it's live and you get to ask some questions and all that fun stuff. Cool. So, I love um, I love it. So come and connect with me, AngelicaFrather.com and um, join my email list and I'll be happy to answer any questions. Um, I do have a text message number i can't remember y'all um this this ceo um be sleeping on the couch i, I rest a lot listen um, I play with my kids right before yes. the podcast we were talking and jumping rope and went for a walk <laughs> and talked about the stars so this ceo chills too but um, i love yes, it just angelicaprather.com that's where you can find me um on anything and on social i'm pretty much everywhere linkedin facebook um LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, but my main hub is YouTube. That's where I am. Evergreen God. <laughs> all right. All right. Listen, this was awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise, sharing your journey, sharing some inspiration and encouragement to those of us on the journey as well. Ladies, I know that you got something out of this. Uh, we shifted real quick though. We went from like here, then we just, we just took off. Um, so I'm encouraged and I was blessed by this conversation. So ladies, make sure you connect with Angelica. All of her links are going to be in the show notes. Make sure you um, tap into everything that she has available. I know, I know, I know that this conversation was for somebody specifically listening. Um, and it's time. It's time for you to delegate. It's time for you to get your get a strategy for your income, right? Because you have gifts, you have talents, you have things to do in the earth. And you're not going to be able to do it if you're not a good steward over your money or your gift. Um, so thank you guys for tuning in. I'm Brittany N. Smith. Make sure you share this episode with another sister friend who's on the journey to success. And I will see you guys next week for another episode of the Brittany Smith podcast. Bye. Thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to leave a comment and then share this episode with another amazing lady who needs to hear today's show. Yes, girl, I'm serious. Just send her the link and say, girl, listen to this. Want to hang out with me every day? Head over to Facebook and join the Female Coaches, Consultants, and Content Creators group on Facebook. Or you can join my mailing list in the links below this episode. Girl, I enjoyed our conversation. Stay amazing and remember, you are loved, you are needed, and nobody, I repeat, nobody can do what you do the way you do it. See you next time on the Brittany Smith Podcast.